0: Welcome to Fiscal Fitness with your hosts, John Grace and Daniel Medina. They have all the questions about investing, planning, retirement, and the future. You could say it's all they live for. While it can seem daunting getting everything sorted out and the important questions answered, they'll do their best to make it that much easier. Now, here's John Grace and Daniel Medina.
1: Good afternoon, my friends. This is John Grace and my cohort here uh, hosting you on Fiscal Fitness Uh, at Voice America, and we're delighted you could spend the next uh, 60 minutes with us. That's all the time we have. By the way, make sure you tune in next week because we have, uh, I'm going to talk about the eight reasons why I'm excited and looking optimistic about our future, real reasons, not pie in the sky, not fake news. And in fact, they are people, high school students that have, uh, I've had a chance to meet, award them uh, scholarships. And I said, you should come on the show so other people can Feel your enthusiasm and your confidence and your courage in terms of what you are here to do. And guess what? They will not be stopped. So tune in next week. Today, uh, Daniel and I are going to talk about these three things. One of the things you might be hearing right now is about inflation. And I and we're going to talk about what that means, because it's one of those words that, for the most part, we haven't had to use for a long time. And, and we you might remember Back in the early 80s, when inflation was solidly double digit, and I mean 13, 14, 15, 16 percent everywhere. All right. Are we getting back to that? We'll see, but we're going to talk about what's happening right now and identify some of the highest price increases we can see just in the last 30 days. And then we've got a great guest, Steve Lujan, with us. As you know, every day, 10,000 people. day are turning 65 in America, and that makes them eligible for Medicare health coverage. But the problem is that many of the applicants don't understand the options, don't understand Medicare, so they often make uh, terrific mistakes as a result. And one of the things we will cover, which is really important, is to make sure you've got your GPS turned on from the standpoint, if you want to bolt and move to another state, you yeah, better make sure you understand what their health rules are for that state because they're not universal across the country. So that's an, an FYI. And then we really wanna spend some time on you know, how, how is it possible that we might learn from the best and the brightest? And by that I mean, we're gonna identify eight Warren Buffett budget habits you can own. There's some simple things that Warren Buffett does routinely that you and I can do as well. And as I say, when we learn from the best and the brightest, it certainly helps us make sure that what did our parents tell us? You make your habits and your habits make you. We've got to make good habits. And we need to leave good examples for our children to follow in our footsteps. Uh, as I said to one client, he said, I want to refer my daughter to you. I said, well, that'll be great. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. He says, oh, no, she's a much better saver than, than I am. I said, well, maybe she learned from you what not to do. So that can be just as important as what to do. But you and I certainly want to be examples of what to, to do best we can. And we want to learn from the, from the best to the brightest. And, and by the way, that makes me think of one of my favorite bumper stickers when I got in the business back in 1979, where a new colleague, I loved this bumper sticker, uh, experience is a comb nature gives you once you become bald. So we certainly want to use the comb while we have hair and and have some good habits to keep the hair as opposed to going bald and now we have a comb that pretty much is not needed at all. So as we are fond of doing, and this is particularly important today, and and I'm glad we're here weekly because it's really good to see what's going on, not only in the market, but what's going on in the economy. And when we look at the news or listen to the news, often they're looking at the nanosecond, trying to discern why the market is up or down. But it's very difficult, if not almost impossible, to discern what the real trends are in terms of what the direction is and how the market might be uh, amassing a a lot of energy and moving in a similar direction or bifurcating and separating and moving in different directions simultaneously. So, as you know, we're um, strong advocates of enjoying the melt-up, but gosh darn it, we think it is 100% your responsibility. Responsibility to get help in limiting the meltdown. That's where things get nasty. And that's where people get depressed. And I will always remember the three or four neighbors, and this was a uh, professional group of people, some in their 70s. And I met, I saw three or four men, I mean, almost back to back, but in different locations. But each one of them, this is around March 23rd, 2020, just as the market was uh, getting to its low from February 19th to March 23rd, off about 35%. I thought these guys were going to cry. I I really did. I've never seen that kind of emotion. You're not talking about a loved one, but somehow they're talking about the market. They won't disclose what their story is, but you can see distress in their their presentation physically. And then they run away, but they don't wanna talk about anything. So to me, we wanna, as I say, learn from other folks, And sometimes it gets scary, but the question is, how can you let the market be as scary as it might be? But that doesn't mean you have to be afraid because your account is holding up better than most. That's the work we like to do. So let's look at what's going on with the Dow. And the way we do this, as you recall, is we look at it on a year to date basis. And that means that we're looking at how have the Dow, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ indexes performed from January 1, 2021 to today. And of course, we're what? About 52 minutes away from closing. So this is in real time. And by the way, please notice, when you see what's going on in the market, if you look at that, at, 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 say in the morning, which I think some people do, you might wanna make sure you look back at the end of the day, because a lot of things tend to happen in the last hour that of course, you just won't see. But you might see the market taking off like a terror in the morning, and then turning upside down somewhere between 12 and one o'clock and daniel and i well remember 2008 where it was this day after day after day of bloodletting uh in fact i was in a goldman sachs office uh, back in late uh, before just before november of 2009 and the market was off in interday trading clearly uh, nearly a thousand points and i will tell you it felt like a library in there <laughs> it was so or actually it might have been more like a mortuary Everybody was remorseful. There was no jumping up and down. People were not feeling good. People were feeling terrible. So we we just want to learn. As far as I'm concerned, America is not really good at learning from the past because we're too darn busy repeating the past. Well, you and I want to be exceptional, not do what everybody else does, and learn from the past. And that way, we might be better prepared for the good, the bad, and the unforeseen. So we've got good numbers in spite of it being a very another down day on the Dow up over 539 points right now for the day off 1.57%. That's a huge day to the decline. But yet the year to date numbers are 10.52. That's a very good number through what the not even the halfway point of the year, not even the halfway point of the month of May. But year-to-date, 10.5, is uh, those, are, those are very good numbers. The S&P is almost doing as well, well, to the downside and on the annual basis, off 1.74%, and year-to-date up 8.69%. Now, here's where it becomes a little more interesting, and this is something we've been drawing your attention to, because sometimes, as they say, we want to learn from history, not just repeat it, right? And one of the things that we've been asking you to keep your eye on is how the Dow and the S&P might be performing relative to the NASDAQ. Last year, the NASDAQ took off for Mars. There was no uh, satisfaction. I mean, it just took off and it did very well. It was a, a fantastic year, 2020, for the NASDAQ. Now, S&P and the Dow, not so much. They had good numbers, but not extraordinary numbers like the NASDAQ. But what we've mentioned to you and what we're apparently seeing right now is there seems to be the kind of separation we saw back in the early 2000s, where NASDAQ for the last five years of the 90s quadrupled, S&P and the Dow doubled. None of those numbers are bad, but you know, for 100 grand to double, that's 200. For 100 grand to quadruple, that's 400 grand. And then starting around February of 2000, we noticed this separation. In other words, We were looking at the indexes, and many people were surmising that that means the whole market is doing well, but the problem was that's not what was actually happening. In fact, there was some significant separation happening in real time, where first first the dot-com, the smaller companies, were failing, going into negative territory, and then that uh, transferred over to the larger ones, and in 30 months, we see the NASDAQ off about 80%. And to my peers who say, yeah, it always comes back. Yes, this is true. That only took you about 15 years. I think you want to see both sides of that equation because maybe if it doesn't come back, what about that? Or is 15 years too long in terms of your expectations or your needs, particularly if you're taking withdrawals? So, so far this year, we've seen the NASDAQ do about half uh, as well as the as the Dow and the S&P. Last year, that was the exact reverse. And we also have witnessed through May of this year, NASDAQ falling in and out of positive to negative territory. Right now, year-to-date, uh, NASDAQ is off 2.5%. This is a huge day for tech stocks, off uh, 340 points. The return, a whopping 1.62%. To, uh, from January one through today, again the Dow's up ten, the Nasdaq's off one point, uh, up one point six. Notice that's quite a big disparity between ten and a little over one and a half. So we may be what did Yogi Bear say? It's deja vu all over again. We might be in deja vu kind of territory where we're again seeing this kind of separation. And and our research team suggests. That you it would be uh, prudent for investors to be prepared for it, nobody can see the future, but it 's about the preparation more than it is the prediction, but that we all be prepared for a forty to seven to forty seven to fifty percent loss happening sometime around now i mean we we had those highs and we thought they were good, and we were looking at thirty four thousand on the dow and thirty four thirty two hundred or so thirty five hundred on the S P, but it seems that each time we get to those uh high watermarks, if you will, the markets back off. We'll see if we burst through to the upside, or will we continue to see this kind of downside movement? But again, the real question is: what kind of loss can you live with and how you how can you put a defensive posture in your portfolio so that you know the market can go all the way down to the bottom of the sea. But I want to stay lofty at, let's say, an 8% loss or a 10% loss or a 20% loss. And just to do the math real quick, if you're off 20 and you get 25, guess what? You're back to even. But if you're off uh, 35 or you're off 40, now you need 66.5% return to get back to even. And if you're taking withdrawals, that makes it a very daunting process and let's recognize the people who have the money tend to be boomers now 60 70 i'm sorry 57 to 75 many are moving to that point where they have to take required minimum distributions from traditional retirement accounts so it's a whole new ball game when you're able to put money in and let the market do whatever it does as opposed to when you cross the the next line where you're now taking withdrawals either because you have to per the irs or you need to because now you are making work optional and you have to take uh, income probably for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So these are things that that we think are really important. And again, you wanna focus on what kind of loss can I live with and let's see how I could have in the past, whether it's last year or even 08, have limited my losses. If I if I can see the evidence that my losses might have been limited in the past, that may give me some cold hard confidence that something like that will hold up as well again in the future. As opposed to saying, well, geez, it was off 40 percent when the market was off 37 percent, and uh, I I I didn't like that, but I'm back. But you know, now that we're moving into that to stage where we're taking withdrawals, it's it's a whole new ball game. It's it's unprecedented. So let's look at some of the things that are really capturing the attention of folks these days in the news, Uh, Daniel, and that's this uh, notion of inflation and and, and recognize that our good chairman, Jerome Powell, wants us to believe that this is transitory or uh, temporary. In other words, that we might see a a small spike, but they don't think it will hold much longer. In the real world, (laughs) we'll see how that plays out. But what are you seeing, Daniel, in terms of uh, the, the, the last uh, year, certainly this month, thanks to the Bureau of Labor Statistics that just released its Consumer Price Index? What, what, what happened with uh, the gains over the, the, the last decade comparatively? Big, big jump, actually, <laughs>
2: 0.8% compared to March 2021. And uh, actually, the CPI climbed to 4.2% in April that's a one-year number compared to, in March, 2.6%. So these, that's, a, that's a big jump. And it's, it's a huge jump for, for one month, actually.
1: Well, and you know, I don't know if you guys have been shopping, but uh, for cars, what, what I saw on Bloomberg was that they're declaring that the increase on used cars is 10% from a year ago, 10%. And in some cases, the used cars are selling for as much or more than they sold when they were new cars. So it's interesting to, you know, that's why we say you got to watch these guys behind the curtain because, oh, everything's fine. Don't worry. But in the real world, you're like, wow, that's a pretty significant increase. My income didn't go up by 4.2 percent or 10 percent. And I mean, I've got to get to uh, Portland for a funeral. Speaking of cars, and I'm, I'm renting a Corolla, Toyota Corolla, right? That's not a full-size car. certainly not a Cadillac. And they call it a mid-size cars now. Really? A Toyota Corolla? But it's over $120 a day for a car. I mean, wasn't it just a year ago? That was the room cost? That's the car cost? That's a terrific profit motive, I have to imagine. But uh, that's what we're seeing. What else are you seeing in terms of uh, some staggering numbers uh, in terms of increases, Daniel?
2: 126 bucks should be the monthly payment for a Corolla.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> Not the daily cost.
1: Not the daily cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in 30 months you own the darn thing. I mean, you know, that's it seems like it's a it's crazy.
2: That's excessive. That's that's really excessive. And apparently there's there's a shortage in new cars which which semiconductors, so I mean that's causing some of the increase in used cars prices, but it's pretty drastic it's uh it's almost alarming the other other place is airlines uh, yes. airlines were up 10 percent, 10.2 percent in march wow and, and, and that's that's partially due to increase in travel people are coming out of the lockdown so people are starting to travel again that makes sense but that's a still a very large increase
1: yes it is and what about lodging speaking of having to get out of town 16 oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge increase. Now, we'll see if this sticks, right, folks? But these, I mean, we were just doing a plan for a physician yesterday, Daniel and I. And, and remember, we are providing free financial planning services to all essential workers. There's our way of saying thank you for keeping us safe. Maybe we can do a good job of keeping your assets safe. And we were doing some inflation numbers. This is a young lady, all of 37. And right now, we're putting the plan in place where we're assuming a 3% rate of inflation. But one of the things that we discussed, and one of the things that's so important is to keep your eye on this moving ball. Because again, you remember back in the early 80s, it was, uh, you know, more than three times 3%. Uh, It was four times 3%. It was like 12 to 16% in the early 90s, inflation was. So are we going to see those kinds of rapid or those kinds of massive increases? Stay tuned. But my point is, we have to redo your plan, which the apps will not do. Your your friends probably won't can't have the don't have the capacity to help you with to change your planning based on you know it used to be 2% and that was what the fed said we want to get to now we might be marching well past 6% stay tuned but it means that it, it if this sticks we're going to have to recalculate planning So that people can see now we have to make some kind of adjustments, add more time, reduce the amount that's needed, add more contributions to one's account to to recognize how am I going to get from here to there with these changes in place, as opposed to wake up and discover, I assumed that $5,000 a month was going to be okay 10 years ago, and I discover I feel like I'm in poverty. So that's why these things are are so important. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, in in fact, and speaking of stay tuned, we've got to get to a quick break, and we'll jump into this Medicare um, mystery and unravel all of that for you when we come right back right after this short break.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com/forward slash Voice America
0: at investors advantage corporation our trademark statement the proof is in the planning represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance coupled with a sound plan for the future with the challenges facing our country's frontline workers we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return to reward our nation's frontline employees and clients we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles so whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit YB4.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's yb or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service, and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey.
3: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts
0: here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Fiscal Fitness. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now back to Fiscal Fitness.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, John Grace and Daniel Medina here, Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. And we want to turn our attention to how might we unlock the Medicare mystery? And we have a specialist who does that kind of work because you see, like we say, we want you prepared for the good, the bad, and the unforeseen. We don't want you lost in space and being overly confident or complacent and then discover it's an OS moment and you're surprised and shocked. And of course, OS stands for oh shucks, right? That's exactly what I'm sure it stands for in your mind. Uh, See, because 10,000 people a day are turning 65, which means they are eligible for Medicare health benefits, but they're kind of confusing. So we're delighted that Steve Lujan could join us today. And just to kind of give you uh, an appreciation for his personal background, I believe it was about eight years ago that his mother, at all of 69, was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's dementia. And three years after that, he lost his father, Steve Lujan did, when he was only 65, my goodness. And and, and Steve in real time learned that, you know, ignorance is not bliss, <laughs> it's just ignorance, <laughs> right? Uh, so he became a power of attorney and represented for his mother. And he's had the firsthand experience of dealing with how complicated, frustrating and overwhelming life can become as we age, my mother at ninety would say, "Don't get old, honey." Well, I "Mom, can, <laughs> is there another alternative other than dying?" <laughs> but so, so many of us, particularly these days, feel alone. So we asked Steve to join us to give a sense for, you know, how do you become eligible for Medicare? Is it free? Uh, what's important about paying your monthly? fees, uh, how it can that can be a problem. So, Steve, tell us, what kind of uh, answers do you have for the questions that people frequently ask when it comes to Medicare and, and, and looking at all of these confusing options?
3: Thank you, John. I'd say the very first thing that uh, people want to pay attention to is simply timelines, right? An individual is eligible for Medicare at 65, So they want to get, you mentioned a great term as far as having a a kind of a Medicare GPS. I'd say we need to have a built-in Medicare GPS system so that individuals know they have to make a decision at 55, and that decision might be to actually not join Medicare if they're continuing to work, Hmm. right? So that's something to factor into the equation. You know, am I retired? Am I still working? Am I covered under a spouse? Those are all important questions to ask. And I typically guide clients through that process.
1: How do you guide them? Yeah, the first step
3: is we have a conversation. Uh, I figure out where they stand today. Uh, if they do plan to retire or fall off of a spouse's uh, employer coverage, we look at numbers, right? Is it less expensive? Does it make more financial sense to stay, stay put? Or does it make sense to make the switch over to Medicare? And uh, that's another key point. A lot of folks actually think that Medicare is free. It's Mm -hmm. not free. So when it comes to the federal government, you know Medicare Part A and Part B, that's something that folks are eligible for. The government is paying attention to how much income you make because that will determine your Medicare Part B premiums. And a lot of folks aren't aware of that.
1: Well, and is it the case that there's a window of opportunity to apply and that window closes? How does that work?
3: There is an important window uh, for an individual basically starts when you turn 65. right? You have a window to sign up. Uh, it's a, technically, it's a seven-month window, three months before your birth month, and then the three months following your birth month. That's your seven-month personal window to sign up for Medicare. If you miss that, you have to wait until the following January to sign up for Medicare, but your actual coverage doesn't start until July.
1: <laughs> so I think it's what do you have to. Uh, if you miss the first time, it's now, but you have to sign up from January through end of March, if I'm not mistaken. But the coverage doesn't begin until July. So yeah. you've got to remember what to do when, and then recognize that you have no coverage until six months have elapsed. Elapsed if you signed up in January. That's really kind of strange.
3: It's it's a little backwards. It's actually a lot backwards. So if I forget to sign up for 65. At 65, am I going to remember to sign up later if I already right. forgot once?
1: yeah, you know, it's confusing. Yeah. Who's going to remind me? The government? I don't think so. But they certainly will make you pay if you don't sign up, right?
3: Correct. And I'll tell you, it is automatic. If you have a client who's actually collecting their Social Security benefits, Medicare is automatically triggered. So for that individual, Medicare is automatic. Right, so that, but however, if you're not collecting Social Security benefits because you're delaying that benefit, you do need to initiate the Medicare process.
1: It's all on you again, right? All the money you need to save, it's all on you. There's no pension, you don't, you're do not you not contributing enough to your 401K, you you have to do the math. But again, what, what I try to say, Daniel, we like to try to find uh, examples or analogies that people can better relate to because they look at all of this as being so difficult. And I, I say, well, notice how much time we're willing to look at all the details when we're planning a wedding or going on a vacation. We get really excited. We make sure we know exactly what's gonna happen when and how much the money is going to be needed at that time and that place and what the exchange is, right? Uh, If you're out of town, out of the country, but we want to make sure we want to, we spend maybe five minutes thinking about our, financial future. Uh, So we're saying if you're willing to spend all the time to make sure the weddings and the vacations are as perfect as they possibly be, let's spend half the time or at least once or twice a year and look at your financial future so that you can see how you're going to make sure that you can live the way you were living, even if you're not working The Medicare benefits certainly help. Social Security certainly helps. Any kind of pension, absolutely. People don't turn that money back. But we we want to make sure that people can see what they need to do to not only make work optional, but to keep the same income showing up from a variety of sources that matches the income they used to go and show up for work for to go get, right? So now I have to do this all myself and there are people who can help you and we're suggesting that you work with the professionals, as I say, not the apps, Um, and not the uh, the friends it's not something they do and notice when you have a root canal you don't ask your friends you you don't ask the apps you go to the dentist and you don't try and do your own surgery when that becomes necessary so we think these things are important Daniel what kind of questions you 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 always have good questions what do you have for for Steve Lujan here
2: it's, Steve, can you go over the different parts of Medicare? I, I've always been confused by this. A, B, C, D, I don't know what they mean.
3: Yeah, great question. So the, the Medicare alphabet soup is what you just referenced, right? The main components are Part A and Part B. That's what comes through the federal government. So Part A, think of that as hospital insurance. Part B is medical insurance. That, that think of that also as an 80% piece, right? So what does that mean? That means you have to add, add additional coverage that picks up the 20% piece, which is where I come in, which comes through private insurance, right? So that's where you might hear of Medigap plans or Advantage plans or Part D drug plans. And uh, as John mentioned, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yes. go ahead, please. Well, you brought up a pretty interesting point regarding you know, looking at apps or talking to friends. First off, I'll tell you from my experience with clients, Clients want personal coaching. That's what they want, especially if they're coming through, let's say, working uh, work with financial advisors or CPAs. They want someone that they can bounce their ideas off of. And an app, an app is not going to do that, right? So, And also friends and family members, everyone has different needs. Uh, folks are in different stages of their um, life and health status. So it's really important to dig into Medicare options, again, at least – you know, six months to a year before you actually sign up for Medicare.
1: Well, it's, and be more definitive, if you would, please, because to uh, the layman's ear, what's the difference between medical versus hospital? So part A is hospital, part B is medical. What's the difference yeah. between those? They, they sound the same.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you, John. In, in normal language, when you're an inpatient at a hospital, that's where you, you check the, the part A stamp. Right? Okay, I'm an inpatient, got it. Anytime a doctor puts their hands on you to work with you, that's the Part B stamp. That's how that works. Again, you have inpatient and outpatient coverage. And if you only have Part A and Part B alone, that's extremely risky financially. All right? I'll give you an example. Let's say, hey, I signed up for Medicare today. I have my Part A and B in place. All of a sudden, I need a hip replacement. Right? and hip replacement might cost you $39,000. That's an, a real estimate. Hmm. If you only have A and B, you're on the hook for 20% copay insurance, a copayment on that $40,000, right? So you have to come out of pocket close to $8,000, right? Um, and most folks aren't prepared for that, which is why they need the education on, well, how do we supplement that 20% piece? And there are only two primary options. In normal language, it's an HMO option that folks are used to, like, oh, God, an HMO, my primary doctor sends me to the specialist. That's one option. The other option is a, a Medigap plan, which I call a PPO on steroids, which means you can actually see any doctor that you want in the United States. Very different models of insurance.
1: And you know before Daniel poses his next question because he always has a, a, a bunch of good ones how, well, how can people reach you if they wanted to talk to the Medicare man how can they reach you and 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 take advantage of your expertise and your guidance and and how do you get compensated while we're on that point
3: okay thank you first step i'd say visit my website it's www.helpmemedicareman.com that's again helpmemedicareman.com And My direct number is 760-689-8125, the two best ways to reach me. Uh, As far as my compensation, I never charge fees for my work. I actually receive compensation directly from the insurance company that the client selects, so I'm paid a commission and a small residual. And As an independent health insurance broker, I tell my clients all the time, I do not have a favorite horse in the race. It's all based off of who their doctors are and what their needs are that determine which uh, health insurance plan works best.
1: Okay,
2: Steve, what are some of the common mistakes that people make?
3: I think number one, they completely miss their sign-up period. That's the first, they just never knew they were supposed to sign up. Uh, Number two, they may actually sign up for what they consider to be the cheapest plan on the market, right? I'm healthy today, I don't wanna pay an additional premium. So they sign up for the wrong plan. So uh, something that folks aren't aware of: when you first enter Medicare, it doesn't matter if you have pre-existing health issues, right? So if you sign up for the wrong plan, and you later on decide that you want to sign up for a more flexible plan, a plan that gives you the freedom to choose your own doctors, if you miss that initial enrollment window, you have to then go through health underwriting, and you may be denied. And if that's a serious condition that you have, you will be permanently locked out from that more flexible plan for the rest of your life.
1: Ouch. Huh. That's a long time, hopefully. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. There, Go ahead, Daniel. I, I, is I there any
2: kind of notification gets that gets sent to people around their around their birthday or anything like that? Or is it, is it really just up to the individual know this is the time I got to sign up?
3: It's on you to sign up. The only time it's easy and automatic is when you're receiving your social security benefits. That's it.
2: And then even um, then they still have to figure out the part, the parts um, um, C and D on their own.
3: That's right. So chances are, and this is a fact, at the age of 64 and a half, you become the most popular kid in high school all over again. <laughs> you're going to start to get mail. You're going to start to get robo calls. And on top of that, you're going to start to see Joe Namath on your TV 24 seven, Trying to pitch you Medicare insurance, and uh, it folks are just overwhelmed. Daniel, they just don't know where to start. Another reason why I like to have the conversation a year in advance. I let clients know, hey, in another six months, expect this, and sure enough, it happens. And then I walk them through the process.
2: So, what are some of the tips you have for people that are that are retiring soon or are going to be going on uh, Medicare?
3: Yeah. So if Someone is going to retire, definitely start doing your homework a year in advance. And even though someone is turning 65 and continuing to work, although they, they may want to or elect to delay their Medicare start date, they do want to look at how much they're paying out of pocket for their employer coverage. A quick example, I had a client who was working as a mortgage consultant. She was paying $1,100 out a month for her, her own health insurance through work. After I explained her options on Medicare, she decided she wanted the flexibility and freedom to choose her own doctors. She dropped her monthly costs from $1,100 down to $300 a month. Right? Mm -hmm. This is why you have a conversation about Medicare because that just saved her $800 a month. That's a lot of money for someone who's turning 65, 65 plus. That cash flow can actually help them uh, lead into an early retirement.
1: Yeah, or maintain whatever retirement they're planning for. And and by the way, folks, it's worth noting that a couple of things. One, it it is the health issues that seem to get in the way of people's planning for retirement. In other words, they have a certain date, but then a health issue shows up for themselves or somebody in their family, and now that date has been moved suddenly forward to today, and they are not going back to work tomorrow. So that's one of the things to consider. Also, the CDC told us just a couple of months ago that life expectancy in these United States has come backwards for a full year from 79 in 2019 to 78 in 2020. So, And then Canada, the UK, and Japan are all north of 80. So these are all things to kind of keep your eye on because when people say, well, it's just going to be back the way it was, no, it's not. It's changed right before your very eyes. So Steve, we want to thank you for joining us and helping us uh, have a little better understanding about Medicare. And folks, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks so much, Steve Lujan. Thank you, John.
3: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey,
0: Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service, and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey.
1: The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now back to Fiscal Fitness.
1: Welcome back, my friends. John Grace and Daniel Medina here at Fiscal Fitness on Voice America. And we're delighted that uh, Steve Lujan was with us to kind of help us unwrap some of these mysteries around Medicare uh, we think he's a, a great resource. We'll be talking with him uh, along with our clients because it, it's one of those things people just don't understand. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of sources, or, you know, to Daniel's point, uh, other than sales material, ways of saying you must do this by this time. So, uh, certainly, we need to have someone ring the bell to help us recognize what we need to attend to. And then that way, as Steve points out, if the better way to do it, remember our trademark is the proof is in the planning, and Steve is suggesting that you do your planning six months to a year out before you start uh, looking at which plan to accept. But that way you've kind of had a chance to think about it. Speaking of good thinking, if you'd like to have our good book, Making Finance Make Sense, we have it available. It's available on eBay and Amazon. It's all a 15, 16 bucks a, a, a copy. It's about 94 pages under 100. We tried to do that. Uh, thought That might be useful, kind of a beach entrance, so it's not so complicated or too long. Uh, and if you want to have a free version, give us your, provide us with your email address and we'll make sure Amazon sends you a message to say you have the book as a gift uh, by email. So let us know about that. And we really want to spend some time with what we thought was very important. I mean, Warren Buffett is one amazing guy. Uh, and part of the reason he's so amazing is that he talks about his life and, you know, what, what things that are going right, things that are going wrong, where he made mistakes, who talks about their mistakes? <laughs> no one. <laughs> so uh, we thought it was very interesting that he was willing to kind of identify uh, in his uh, May one call, where they typically have a whole lot of people attending the Oracle of Omaha uh, investors, where they uh, come into the annual meeting in um, in Nebraska, right? Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, that's right. So um, we, and as I say, we teach your kids, you make your habits, your your habits make you. Warren Buffett has some terrific habits that he's willing to talk about. And we like, as I say, learning from the from the best and the brightest. So when he's 90 years old and, you know, he's worth something like $103 billion, according to CNBC, he's doing what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. And by the way, it's worth noting that he, uh, we'll, we'll talk about his automobiles, but I remember looking at Warren Buffett like 30 years ago. In fact, I visited his home, the other, other home I believe he purchased in Laguna Beach. Uh, and uh, he, at that point he was driving a truck. He doesn't spend a whole lot of money in cars. He buys uh, them cheap, he keeps them forever, but it only drives like 3000 miles a year. So for him having a flashy car, so important. His home in uh, Omaha, I believe it's worth about a million dollars, about 6,500 square feet. So it's no little, you know, startup. Uh, But he's been there forever. It's been paid off for forever. So notice he's not a real fan of debt. So the first thing that, uh, and by the way, the house in Omaha, I think he purchased that in 1958. So notice he has not been encouraged to step up to the next big McMansion. He's kept his expenses low. And as Daniel Medina likes to point out to folks, it's all about cash flow. Whatever the income is, to the extent that you can keep your expenses below your income, you you have a built-in cushion. If you're trying to do it reverse, and right now, I I think that's what a lot of uh, Americans are doing. In fact, I just saw this 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 morning, the uh, level of debt that Americans have uh, accumulated as of uh, this week is 14.6 trillion dollars and that's a, a borrowing lever level that's the highest ever ever so we're all trying to live like the kardashians but we're not rolling like the kardashians in terms of rolling in the buckets of cash but we're trying to make life look like we're this and all that and and clearly we're not li- many of us unfortunately are not living with our means we're living on credit cards So what we saw in Yahoo Finance is that, uh, you know, Buffett paid $31,500 for his Omaha home, uh, which is uh, approximately $288,700 in 2020. And he's lived there for over 60 years. As we say, thanks to the improvements and renovations, the home is about 6,500 square feet, has five bedrooms with lots of security cameras, and a good Homeowner's insurance policy, which is that's a point that you want to make sure you have uh, valued at about uh, a million dollars today. And in a 2010 letter to his shareholders at Berkshire Hathaway, Buffett called the home the third best investment I ever made. Third, not number one, a little different answer, right? So he only takes out loans when appropriate. And and apparently when he bought the Laguna Beach home, that was in 1971 at a price of $150,000. Notice two things. That home was for sale in 2017, according to the LA Times, where the asking price was $11 million. That home did not sell in 2017. It sold uh, recently for, let's see, about uh, 7.5 million in 2018, or that's about $7.35 million more than he paid for it, again, per the LA Times. So he used that extra cash to do you know what, buy more Berkshire Hathaway company stock that put billions in his pocket. The, the third thing that he does is he buys breakfast cheap. He buys breakfast cheap and he knows exactly what everything costs. How many of us are so unconscious? We, we just go to the ATM and pull cash out, never looking at the balance, never seeing what's cleared. And you know we're in the habit of putting things on auto pay, not recognizing how much it all collects, but he knows that he dresses to go to work every day and he puts on a shirt and a tie and a suit for the most part, he's not buying uh, designer suits, but he's going to study. That's what he does 24-7 more than anybody before he puts any money on the table, making a bet, or before he takes any money off the table, making sure that he's selling a position. He studies his positions, looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that he thinks he's making an intelligent decision with being over hundred billion million. I think he's made a lot of intelligent decisions. And then I, I love uh, one of his quotes, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. So the favorite place that uh, Mr. Buffett likes to dine for breakfast is uh, McDonald's on his way to work. And uh, he spends about $3.17 on breakfast. And when he he says, when I'm not feeling so prosperous, I might just go with the $2.61 for the two sausage (laughs) Patties, <laughs> and then i put them together and pour myself a coke <laughs> that was in becoming warren buffett and hbo documentary we happened to catch so as i say notice that he knows exactly how much things cost and i remember um, a little story about oprah winfrey for example she knew exactly what the water bill was and as i say so many of us are completely unconscious he buys cars cheaply and this was out of a bbc documentary that uh, like we were saying, he drives all of 3,500 miles a year. So who needs a new car? So he drove a 79 Ford F-150 or a Subaru Baja. He stepped up to a 2006 Cadillac DTS that he drove for 10 years. And then Forbes reported that it was CEO GM CEO Mary Barra who convinced him, Buffett to move up to a 2014 Cadillac XTS, retailing for $44,000 and $69,000, depending on how you bought it, which is pretty economical for a billionaire. Please also notice that he donated the old caddy to a nonprofit called Girls Inc. That was able to auction the old caddy for $122,500, according to MotorBiscuit.com. So this guy, everything he touches, he's able to make it a profit. He continues to do what some of us don't want to do. We think clipping coupons means you're poor. He makes a habit of clipping coupons because he saves money. And in fact, uh, Melinda Gates took a picture of. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett when they were in Hong Kong in 2017. And that's where Buffett treated his fellow billionaires to lunch at his favorite food, food, fast food restaurant. And yes, he used coupons. So, you know, the money you save might be your own. So let's save some money because you might need it. He doesn't care about brand names, all right? Uh, his attitude is do not save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. It sounds like a, something that Daniel Medina would say. So he pays himself first every month. He expects you to do the same thing and repeat for life. Practice spending less than you earn. And, he, you know, he does. He, he, for example, with his phone, he, um, he had a $20 flip phone for years before swapping it out for an Apple smartphone in 2020. But he passed on the iPhone's fancier functions. That's according to Yahoo Finance. So, again, he's saving money. He has no interest, is number seven, in borrowing money. He said uh, he learned from his experience of borrowing 25% of his net worth to buy shares of Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, And that's what he said to Notre Dame students in 1991. His quote is, I've never borrowed a significant amount of, of money in my life, never, never will. I've got no interest in it. Kind of a play on words there, huh? So you can use uh, apps to, to put your investment structure together, or at least to get you started. As I say, it's no place to stay because uh, things change and you're probably not getting the best information you possibly can. But again, saving so many somewhere is better than spending it all, all the time, 24-7. Last uh, reason, cash, not credit. He said that, remember the old days when you didn't leave without your wallet, your keys, and your checkbook, and then you meticulously balanced your checkbook every time you spent any money before you left the store, well, you're not doing that anymore. And that way, it becomes a great way to be completely unconscious. Buffett said in Yahoo Finance in 2019 that he uses cash 98% of the time. If I'm in a restaurant, I always pay for cash. It's just easier, he put it. Uh, And of course, if you use cash, what can you do? You can count how much you have left because it's cash and it's not that much and it's not too difficult to do that math. But it certainly helps you become, uh, he, he thinks it's easier. We think it helps you become more conscious so you always know how much money you have. So Daniel, what, what do you think of this guy? I mean, do you think those are some good tips?
2: Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I listen to everything Mr. <laughs> Mr. Buffett says. He's he's certainly a man to listen to. I think the, the point... The overall point in the message is be very conscious of what you're spending. Too many people are simply unconscious as to what they're spending. It's always a question the question is always, um, can I afford that car payment or can I afford that house payment without actually looking at what else they're spending? It's, it's too easy to be unconscious when you have things coming out monthly. The car payment, the subscriptions, the house payment your insurance, they, they just kind of flow out and people don't realize why they don't have any money. That's why. They're not paying attention to what's going out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's your money. So let's see, who's gonna pay it? Who's gonna ring the bell for you to pay attention to what you're spending? And, and then more, just as importantly, why? Is this really necessary? Do you need this now? Can you delay it? Can you find a way of buying something suitable that might be cheaper? Or do you just have to rush out to get the latest item at the top dollar and make sure that the, you know, when we talk about the the economy going, that's that's great for the retailers because they're selling more stuff and they get more earnings. And for many companies, that means the CEO gets a bigger bonus. God bless them. But as we say, if you're not making sure you pay yourself first, who's going to do that for you? Nobody. <laughs> so let's uh, start at the level. Uh, in fact, Daniel and I were talking with this uh, MD yesterday, where can you begin to start saving? You have a big goal. You want to retire in eight years. That means you have to save a whole lot of money. So, But the point is, are you doing something or is it just a pipe dream where you think, oh yeah, I'll, I'll come into $3 billion. Well, is that real? Or is that uh, manufactured? You know, is that Disneyland thinking? What can we do fundamentally today so that you can feel, you can see that you're making progress as far as tomorrow is concerned? Even if it's a hundred bucks a month, don't get stuck in, oh, I can't save 10%. I can't save 15%. What can you save? Start there. Make that the first step, and then promise yourself every year you will bump that level up, particularly when it comes to the 401k. Don't just accept what the company provides for free. Look to see that you're setting aside no less than 10% of your gross income, that's before tax, paying yourself first, spending the rest later, like Buffett pointed out. That's a good habit to develop, and then you can increase those the, the amount that you're contributing by, let's say, 1% over the next five years. So you're making progress. But the, what's also very fascinating and very satisfying to experience is to see how that money is building up. And that's really gratifying to be able to look at, I have this amount of money behind me. So it might not be enough, but it's more than I had a year ago. I'm making progress and I'm not doing like uh, so many people where we're just blindly spending as though the spending is going to be our road to riches or the debt's going to be our road to riches. Debt is a terrific thing, particularly if it's on things that appreciate. Death is your is the devil on things that depreciate. I mean, as we were talking with um Uh, a couple earlier this week, you know, where they're looking at, well, let's suppose we buy a million dollar house. We we only have 10% down. I'm saying, make sure you understand that you, are you okay or not in the event that purchase drops by 10%. Notice if you buy a million dollar house and you put a hundred thousand dollars down and the price of that house drops by 10%, that's exactly your down payment that just got washed. And please keep in mind, as we keep saying to you here, because you're not hearing anywhere else, we saw, we see the evidence of how it took over four decades for real estate to come back to even after the Great Depression. And right now, Japan is 30 years from being at its high water mark when it comes to Japanese real estate. 30 years. So if you had a million dollar house uh, in fifth, uh, 30 years ago and you were 50, now you're 80. It's still not back to where it was. 30 years ago, will it come back to that level? I don't know. Frankly, I don't think the odds are very good at this, at this point. And part of that's because we're all living longer. So we all want things just to be back the way it was. Uh, happy days are here again, but we're not looking around the corner that um, in spite of some of our best habits, you know, the average age of uh, going to heaven, it happens to be going backwards. Uh, for most of us who don't have uh, much in the way of resources, or insurance, uh, the average age uh, for most of us is going backwards. And that's that's a, a drag for all of us on average. Okay, folks. So we're going to be back, right back with you next week, 12 to 1 here on uh, Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. And as I say, we're going to have some delightful students that are just the most remarkable people. And each time I had a chance to interview them, we finish with, wow, there goes another remarkable person. So we look forward to seeing you next week, right here back at